Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. We actually are excited today because as of today, at some point today, we will hit 20,000 downloads. Crazy. So that is so crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening and sharing. And if you haven't done so already, please share this podcast with a friend, a family member, a coworker, somebody to have conversation about it with. Yeah. And if you haven't left a review, Apple Podcasts, you can do it on Spotify, leave a review, give us stars. We yeah, appreciate do all it. of it. So question of the week, and you actually have not told me yet, but you've been so excited since we walked into I, I can't the wait. recording studio. You're like giddy okay. like a kid. You want to, answer, to ask me this question I apologize. so bad. I apologize in advance if you're offended by this question and listening. You think we, I will be offended? No, our oh. audience listeners. <laughs> I heard this on a social media account and I immediately wrote it down as I have to ask you live on the podcast without any preference. I, I can't tell you anything about it. I'm nervous now. We might have I don't to... know if I've ever been scared. You've prefaced this <laughs> I was... like so crazy, like it's going to be well, uh, unreal. Well, we might have to redo this episode. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> Let's just roll with it. Question of the week. Okay. How many tampons does a woman use in a week? In a week? During her period. When she's on her period. Is that too far for this podcast? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I do have a wife. We've been married for almost 20 years. Let's just uh, give it a little bit of thought. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, um, you were about to say eight. No, I was going to say 20, but I was going to say 18. 18 is my answer. 18. Okay. That's much better than what people are saying. Obviously that depends on Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking I like Julia heard the question that I was watching because I was watching yeah. it on TikTok and she made me pause and she goes, answer it. And yeah. I I'm thinking her. like four to five a day for like four days. Okay. That's, that's, that's accurate. I don't know. Is I it? Said, I don't know. I said one in the morning and one at night. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, you think we go through two a day? And I was like, is that wrong? I didn't grow up with any sisters. Right. And Julie is very private about this. So when it happens, she's like, so what was your answer? One to two a day, so 14, 10 to 14, depending on five to seven days. Oh, and, 10 to, okay. And she's like, I go through like sometimes two in an hour. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, every time it's about a box per okay. per week. So I just- So you said 10, I had said had nothing 18. to do. That Some of you might be offended by that question. I was just so rattled by the question. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted you to give such a ridiculous answer that I could laugh with you live, yeah, but it didn't work out. It really didn't work out. Was you hoping I said like- yeah, I was like <laughs> for a no. week or something. I don't know, <laughs> or like fifty. I don't, I don't, what did you want me to say? Death by distraction. Oh, we are. Distracted. I am distracted <laughs> not right now. Very well, distracted. You keep looking over my shoulder. I guess you can see Britt behind. I me. can see Brittany through the window right now, she's and she's dying, dying laughing. <laughs> All right. Anyways, part three: death by distraction. Hopefully, you can get over that, so we can get into the topic today. Yeah, let's go. We've talked about comparison on episode 87 or 86. And then we talked about negativity last week, episode 87. This week, episode 88, we're talking about apathy. And if you know anything about apathy, you know we've talked about comparison and negativity, but apathy is really a lack of interest or enthusiasm or concern, similar to complacency. But we specifically wanted to address the word apathy here because of our apathy towards people individually Mm -hmm. or not caring about others and their needs or being so consumed with ourselves that we neglect the call on our lives, especially as Christians, to care for other people. You know, as Christ followers, the life we now live is meant to be others-focused. I mean, everything in the gospel is Jesus 
others focused. He's washing other people's feet. He's showing us how to live by loving and being compassionate towards people. Even Mark 10, 45 says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And I think that is a fascinating calling right. and challenge. I think apathy really distracts us from how well we love people. And it's this, like you said, this it's this lack of interest and concern. And so we got to address this. I actually preached about this several years ago. Um, I can't remember the series. I don't know if you remember. It was it what this or not. is. Oh, based the Trojan, Trojan horse. horse. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, when I was preaching this, I found this study that the universe, University of Michigan did, and it was this comprehensive study where, for thirty years, from nineteen seventy nine to two thousand and nine, they studied approximately 500 students per year. So 14,000 college students went through this study. And what they found, of course, was that there was a drastic decline in empathy towards others. In fact, the result of this study showed that we care 40% less about other people now than we did in the 1980s. That's crazy. 40%. 40 And that's that's empathy, which creates apathy towards people. Right. And so... I was really um, interested in how they actually determined that number. So I actually did a little research in the research and, you know, you might be interested in this, maybe you're not, but they actually, these questions, they had to write on a scale of one to five, one being the least and five being the highest, how they would answer the questions. And they had questions like, I sometimes try to understand my friends better by looking at things from their perspective there was a massive decline in how students responded to that. Another question was, I often have tender, concerned feeling, feelings about people less fortunate than me. And again, people actually answer this with a number less now than they did back in the 1980s. So fewer people in the study would call themselves soft-hearted now compared to they did years ago. And others' misfortune just don't really matter like they used to. And that was in 2009, which is crazy because in 2009, social media was really starting to take off. You know, Facebook came out in the end of 2005 and in 2009, it was still only for college students. I don't, I think it was 2011 that they opened it up to anybody with an email address. So you're talking about Instagram wasn't around Twitter. Uh, Twitter was around, but it was fairly new. It was just taking off too. TikTok not around half of our social media platforms that we use now, not really around just starting off. And so you're talking about 40% less in that 30 year span. And I would right. say, and that was in 2009, I would say it less. is probably even doubled that right. today in 2022 on how much we are on our phones and engaged in social media right. across the board. So we're apathetic towards other people and what they're going through. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is as a whole, as a whole, it really exposes us as being less open-minded and curious about others, others' beliefs, others' opinions, others' point of view as a whole in a society. And this isn't just a conversation around religion. This is a conversation around politics. I mean, you have left versus right, donkey versus uh, elephant. Elephant. Like everybody's like, I, this is, America's going to hell in a hell, hell, uh, hell, hell Hell in in a a handbasket. Like all of these opinions, no one's really listening to the other side to understand. They're just listening to respond. And and again, this isn't just a political conversation or a religion conversation. This is, you know, how to raise kids. Should you spank or should you not? How do you discipline? Uh, This is a conversation around finances. Is there even such thing as good debt? Dave Ramsey would say no. Grant Cardone would say, get all the debt you can for uh, profit in real estate. Then you have conversations around health. I mean, there's so much at our disposal of real studies that contradict each other that 
there's almost too much information that people don't know what to believe and know what to do. And then they aren't curious about other people. Right. So this raises the question as to why then are we caring less, especially over the last 10 years? And you referenced like social media. And so why are we apathetic? You know, I think there are a lot of theories, but uh, experts argue that they believe one of the top causes, especially today. Now, this is still 13 years after that study was finished. Um, today, people are more apathetic because of the rise in social media. Hmm. And so um, when I preached through this, too, I, I got with uh, Craig Rochelle. He had information that he put out on how there are ways that social media has caused us actually to care less about people. And he goes into three main ways. And so we're just going to go through those real quick. And you mm -hmm. can probably relate to this. Um, and as our listeners are hearing this, obviously, this is a problem that really we all have in today's society and culture. But the first thing he says um, to why we're more apathetic because of social media is because we're more obsessed with ourselves. Yep. Like we live in the selfie centered world. Everything is about selfies. It's actually a word that got added to our dictionaries. It did. And I know, I mean, I love selfies. I take a selfie with, well, I guess if it's with someone else, is it still called a selfie? Well, what do you think? I'm thinking Nimrod? of like Mel and I. <laughs> no. Is it not called a selfie if I'm holding <laughs> the phone backwards? Anyway, whatever. I don't I guess think so. Not. Maybe I just called you a harsh name, but I, <laughs> I don't have really much <laughs> apathy towards your Okay, comment. there are selfies, whatever. <laughs> and studies show that 80% of what a person posts on their social media accounts directly relates to them. So they're not sharing things about what's going on in the world or what's going on in their community or things they can be a part of or in their family. It's no, let me post stuff or share stuff that immediately relates to us. And then we want to follow it up with who said something about me, mm -hmm. who commented on my post about me, mm -hmm. who liked it, who shared it, you know, so it's very that, like self-absorbed, absorbed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Number two is we're overwhelmed with exposure to suffering that we're actually desensitized, which is fascinating. Think about it this way. The more we see, the less we care. For example, Sarah McLaughlin, you know? Yep. What's the song? Are you going to sing it? No. Yeah, I'm going to stop right there. Yep. But what <laughs> uh, uh, those commercials, right? They get you in the feels. Why? So you see like dogs that are abandoned and she's got this soundtrack thing and it, it pulls on our heartstrings the first time. But yeah. the more and more that you see it, the less yeah. you tend to care. Yeah. Well, think about it. You used to be wherever, like whenever something to say tragic happened, you would read about it in the newspaper. You might see it on the nightly news or the weekly news that came out once a week. Mm -hmm. And that's all you got. Well, now with social media, there's things that come across our feed that, you know, mention literally everything as far as, you know, Animals, like you just talked about the Sarah McLaughlin thing, being mistreated. You have wars going on. You have famine and you see kids in Africa starving and you hear about, you know, literally every single natural disaster that happens around the world. Like our friend Darren, he's yeah. in uh, Taiwan or he's something Taiwan right, now, right now. And there was an earthquake that there just was hit. five earthquakes. Yeah. Like I would have never and known that. And I would have haven't paid attention if Darren didn't post that one of my friends. Yeah. But now like we hear that stuff, it's another, another earthquake. I mean, they're happening all over the world. So I just hear about them all the time, you know? Yeah. So it's just something where we're very desensitized it's to it. It's crazy because experts actually say that we see everything on the similar timeline because it all looks the same, that yeah. our brain doesn't know how to actually differentiate right. which one's more important than the other. 
So like you just said, you may be scrolling through your newsfeed and you see a new recipe for guacamole on your newsfeed, followed by another football player beats his girlfriend, followed by a funny cat video, followed by an innocent reporter is beheaded in some other part of the world. And literally our brain doesn't know how to distinguish between which one's more important because it's all the same, the guacamole or the beheading. And it's because it's equal on the page, it becomes more equal in our minds and therefore we start to care less. That is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And then the third thing of why we're more apathetic because of social media is that basically we're just lacking personal interaction, making it easier to care less. And so when you think about it, Mm -hmm. we'll post stuff and we can either get likes or we get, you know, nothing, or we can say, Hey, I really need prayer for something. I'm going through a difficult time and people will hit the thumbs up button or they'll, they actually have that little care emoji that people Mm -hmm. like put out there and they think that that's it whenever, oh, I, I did that, I thought about it, done. Did you really? Did you really even sit there and stop and think? Did you mm-hmm. think maybe I need to reach out to this person because I actually know them and they're going through a tough time. Maybe they need me to stop by and just so they can vent and I can be a listener. Maybe they need practical help. Maybe I can fix them a dinner. But we just think because we can post or we can share or we can text, hey, praying for you, got you or something, you know, like that takes care of all of it. And so it's way easier to care less just by clicking a yep. like button. Yeah, social media has ruined that. You go, you see tragedies all around the world and people will post and then they'll say the two worst things you can say. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers after tragedy. Thoughts and prayers, why? So that you can like what I posted on social media so I get a hit of dopamine, but are your thoughts and prayers really there? I, I think social media has replaced action because we feel like just because we post it, and I do believe that awareness is a huge part of fixing the problem. But how many of us, just because we're comfortable with scrolling on social media, is we become aware, but nothing changes. We don't send any money. We don't get involved in any actual real causes. We aren't right. a part of the solutions. We're just continually to promote the problems. And we just you know, put it under this Christian facade of, oh, thoughts and prayers, but we're not actually doing anything. And then you have harsh opinions and hard opinions about topics that you actually aren't educated on. It's fascinating. Yeah. That's, so those rant. are the three ways, <laughs> yeah, that social media has caused us to be more apathetic So I would even say it's more of a decline than the 40% they talked about that happened in 2009. I would be very curious on what that is. But obviously, if you're still listening, then you could probably relate and understand that people as a whole, yeah, we are way less um, empathetic because of our apathy. apathy. So the question then is, how do we not be distracted by apathy? What do you think? I think it's simple, but complex. The answer is recognizing that true compassion always requires action. And we talked about uh, what compassion actually means. I think it was episode 24. Yeah. Uh, did we, you share your poop the bed story? I did share my poop the bed <laughs> story. So you might not want to, you're like talking about tampons and poop in I the know, same episode. What's right. going on? You can go back It actually, the word compassion in the Greek literally gets translated as bowels. And uh, I tie pooping my bed from food poisoning because, you know, it forces I cr- an action, forces an action. You couldn't control it. And that's honestly, as gruesome as that is, it shares an incredible principle is when you are compassionate, truly compassionate like Jesus was, it always forces you to meet a need. In fact, there's four times in Scripture where Jesus is literally moved with this word, compassion. The Scripture writes, he was moved with compassion. And all four times it writes that in the Scriptures, he met a need. He restored sight. He healed leprosy. He feeds the 5,000. He provides for the crowd in Matthew 9. And I think that's really challenging is compassion isn't, oh, look at that homeless guy. I feel bad for him. Thoughts and prayers. It's okay. How do you help meet a need? And right. maybe it's not necessarily opening your home to him, but it's 
how do you get into a place where you are actually affected by the things that hurt your heart? Because if they're hurting your heart, they're most likely already hurting the heart of God. And we oftentimes pray to God, God, how are you going to fix this problem? And his response is, you, 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 I'm waiting on you. And so I I also don't want to share that like shamingly is be like, Hey, get off your butt and, and start doing stuff. But the reality is, is how to not be distracted by apathy is three things is recognizing three things that compassion actually does since it is an action. So the action part of it, the first thing I would say is compassion allows for interruption. Mm -hmm. And I think that's our biggest problem because we live in such a fast paced world. This is my biggest problem. Yeah. And we're so um, quick to say we're too busy or we don't have margin for something. And so when something pops into our life or into our thought life, we don't allow for the interruption. Mm -hmm. We easily dismiss it. We push it aside and say, I don't have time for that. Or we say someone else will take care of that mm-hmm. instead of realizing if it's in front of us and it's coming to our mind or if we're being interrupted with it, maybe it's for us to help with. But I, I just really believe that God often works through interruptions. Mm-hmm. And I believe that what we see often as an interruption is really just a divine opportunity to love someone. That's really good. And so I think we have to allow for detours mm-hmm. in our life. And we don't like it, but I would say if we would allow ourselves to actually schedule our time better to create margin in our life, we'll begin to see these opportunities more and more. And we will actually um, have an opportunity to meet those needs that arise without dismissing them. And and I think margin is key in this Mm -hmm. because without margin, we don't have capacity sometimes to do things. I know I only have a certain amount of capacity, but also try to schedule my life in a way for a little flexibility and freedom. And so I think part of it is we have to allow for details. And I think it was, or detours. What I say, details, (laughs) details, details. Daniel, he's calling you. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel's calling me right now. (laughs) Um, Speaking of interruptions, I should probably just take that call. Maybe he needs me for something. Take it live on on the phone. Yeah, I don't think he'll answer. I just went to to answer it. I missed it. I'll call him back. Well, that is really funny. (laughs) I didn't allow for a detour right there. (laughs) But um, I think you have a quote. What's what's the quote you say? It's if loving people interrupts your Christianity, you need to change your Christianity. Mm. That's mic drop. Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. I struggle with this often. I I know um, we can often get distracted by the distractions though, because I would also say it's important for you to put your family first and recognizing that sometimes we have an opportunity to be distracted by something else, but then that means neglecting your first priority, which is your family. So don't be confused. Don't get those twisted. But I do believe that there can be an, a rhythm of, of life that you need to ride to help meet the needs of people, especially during the interruption. All right. So compassion allows interruptions. The second thing is compassion cost. Always. It costs you something. And you mentioned this earlier, whether it's time, whether it's um, financial resources. I think we can learn a lot from the story of the Good Samaritan. Of course, this dude, he helps out the guy that's been beat up. Jesus tells this parable when he even says that this person was a Samaritan, which was crazy, right? The priest and the Levite didn't stop to help. It was the the Good Samaritan. Yeah, the churchgoers didn't stop. Right. But this guy actually put him on his own donkey, took him to the hotel, took care of his wounds and actually told the innkeeper like, Hey, whatever else he charges, I'll take, 
I'll take care of it. I'll come back and I'll pay you whatever it is. And he went like above and beyond. He went mm-hmm. the extra mile. He went right. We say around here and then some. And so I think in our culture, the problem is we love drive by compassion. If mm-hmm. it's convenient, we like it. But if it's something where we actually have to sacrifice and it costs something, we'll tend to avoid it. And so I think we just tend to do what's easy and convenient. That's and why we love social media. Cause oh, we love yeah. to post about it and we feel like we yeah. did something. Look at me and how I fed the homeless or not even one that. time look once at this, a year. <laughs> look at this problem that's uh, in our society, but I'm not actually going to be a part of the solution. Yeah. You all do it. I'm going to post about it. Yeah, yeah. We share, we share great causes without actually sacrificing anything ourselves. That's why actually, so I, I just met with somebody who is raising support for their FCA endeavor. And he asked if I'd be willing to share on my social media, his thing to see if people that I know would be willing to financially support him. And I told him yes, but no, not yet. And I said, here's why I'm going to go home and talk to my wife about whether we are going to financially support you. And if we are going to financially support you, then I will share it because I have a personal conviction. I, I can't stand it when other people see a cause and share it. Hey, you should give financially to this cause, but they themselves did not do it. Yeah. That's so funny. Can I just share this? I'm just going to put this little plug in, plug in with that. So if somebody posts a GoFundMe for someone else, the very first thing I do is immediately go look to see if they themselves have given. If I haven't seen that they've given and they posted it, I immediately delete it and I never want to see it again. And I won't give. I I know that might sound harsh. I do the same thing. But I'm sorry. I'm not going to. So I told him, I will not share it unless we are financially supporting you. And it's just a personal pet peeve, personal conviction. I I think it's wrong for people to share. Like when um, Russia invaded Ukraine and everybody was like on this kick to give to Ukraine and they, oh, here's a ministry that you can give to. Don't freaking post about a ministry that people can give to if you're not giving. Right. And rant. Yep. Last thing. (laughs) Last thing is compassion changes lives. And I I love this. It's, It's not just changing the lives of the person that you're helping meet the need of. Compassion changes you. Right. When we live compassionate lives, we often change the most. I mm-hmm. often t- like I'm not a fan of mission trips overseas anymore, even though I've been to a lot of places. I do think that everybody should go at least once, but it's not to bless the ministry you're going to. I believe it's really important for you to get a change of perspective that majority of the known world lives in poverty. And I think it's so thought provoking and challenging for us as Americans, the way that we live. It's a good um, challenge to the way that we think. It's a good challenge towards our gratitude. And I, we, we adopted our son, Henry, officially in 2020, been a part of his life since 2017. And I've had several people talk to us and just make this assumption that, wow, look at Henry's life has changed because he was adopted. And honestly, the, the people's lives who were changed the most wasn't Henry's. It was Julie and I. Mm-hmm. Our lives changed the most in the best way. Yeah. Uh, yes, my son is black. So guess what? in the last four years, I've been actually exposed to the reality that there is a difference between growing up in white America and growing up in black America. Um, and, and some of those, some of the things I've shared on and white people would be like, Oh, really? And it's like, no, you have the comfort of that reality because these little things that you think are little didn't affect you. Cause you never had to think about life this way. Yeah. And so I'm looking through a different lens and it's causing me to be more compassionate on a culture that I actually know very little about. And it's causing me to be more curious about it. It's causing me to grow as a dad, uh, having a now two boys and a, and a girl. 
Henry has changed my life for the better in the best way possible. And so that just goes to to show like compassion changes lives, but it's very, yes, it will change the lives of the people that you meet the needs of, but more often than not, it changes your life. That's why I think the best parenting book is a parenting book called uh, How, How Children Raise Parents. And it's this mm. perspective of you're not raising a kid. The kid is raising you because if you're, I struggle with snapping on my kids and getting to level 10 anger real quickly. And it's like, okay, what is it in me that needs to change? Yeah. Because just a defiant child yeah. is, it is provoking too. me to that type of anger. That's a me issue, not a kid issue. Yeah. So it's just thought provoking. No, that's really good. So compassion allows interruptions. It costs and compassion changes lives. And I think if we could say anything, it would be let's fight against being distracted by apathy mm-hmm. and actually be forced to an action. Whatever that is in your life, find a need, meet the need. Ooh, I like that. That's simple. simple. And here, you know, we cha- we end the podcast every way, but I was challenged by a friend. I thought it was really good. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you're still listening now and you thought of somebody that would benefit from this conversation, why don't you send this podcast to them, ship it over to them, say, hey, this really encouraged me, challenged me. I thought you, you would enjoy the conversation or, hey, I was challenged by this. I think you'd be challenged by this. Let's talk about it after you listen to it. That would be greatly appreciated. Share this with someone who you think would benefit from this conversation today. Yeah, share it. And with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.